Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here. Now, before we jump into this now awaited topic of real estate, you know, it's something that a lot of people have been asking for on our show, but we'd like to get a little bit of context as to who you are. You know, who, who's Karen Cole? Can you give us a little bit of background information on who you are? Okay, then. So, I am a 52 year old mother of two sons and i'm the wife of one husband maurice coke <laughs> for 28 years and um prior to you know um my working world i are coming into real estate i should say i started out with a well-known well-established prominent institution um in the form of victoria mutual building society anyone who has worked at such a noble institution right will be grounded you know and um the foundation that i got there you know has made me into who i am today you know i spent all of 22 years there and um you know i left in 2007 and um you know and this was due to a they had a redundancy exercise going on at the time and I was asked whether or not I wanted to do um, to, to take the redundancy or whether or not I wanted redeployment no I opted for redeploy for redundancy at the time because I thought well my my present job at the time I was I didn't enjoy it anymore because I you know, I, I basically grew, grew through the ranks of Victoria Mutual, you know, being a, in, in going through different clerical positions up to the point of being a secretary and a loans officer where my, my, my love for real estate, you know, started developing. And um, through that means in that you know whenever my manager and i needed to sign off on some of our loans that we that we were writing we would visit do site visits on some of the properties and you know that really piqued my interest right, at that right. time Going there and actually interacting right. sure right. thanks right so you know real estate is a globally 9.6 trillion dollar business right mm -hmm. everyone seems to want to get Indeed. Right. So we'd like to know what exactly sparked, even before working for VM, mm -hmm. did you know that you wanted to become a real estate agent or no. was it an acquired passion? It was an acquired passion along the way because as you know, Victoria Mutual is big on um, providing mortgage or, or home loans and you know we everything that we did there had to surround home ownership and so on so you know having as i said having um gone through the ranks and so on i i i, I had always wished to be in the mortgage department and of course the opening came because i always worked at the at the duke street branch i actually worked there for 13 years 
and um, you know always had a desire to work in the mortgage department to, to, to you know to explore further how that aspect of the business worked and eventually the opening came at the Maypen branch and I as a, as a secretary slash loans officer and when I went to work in that capacity it was really an exciting job the dual role I enjoyed it the fact that I I, I had the administrative fu function to do in addition to the customer element of it so I interacted with customers I interviewed them to to find out if they're you know at the point or well if suitable candidates for a mortgage loan at the time and so even though even at the time when I having interviewed my clients and some of them were not at that point yet you know I would give them advice as to how they can get to that point and along the way I have you know acquired some some friends you know or even they, they were even offering me gifts even though they didn't get the loan yes because of how I spent time with them you know right, to right. to help them to guide them you know to get to that place of home ownership right, right. Now, real estate is a very competitive market mm -hmm. right? a very competitive industry mm -hmm. now, a lot of people want to get in mm -hmm. right? they want to they have the drive to get in but they don't necessarily know what it takes or the steps it takes to become mm -hmm. a realtor mm -hmm. right because a real estate agent mm -hmm. is completely different from a realtor right. right so what are the steps that people can take to then become a realtor all right so it's basically the same steps that we would take to to, to become both our realtor. an agent and a realtor, and a realtor. Okay. the only difference is that you become for the realtor you join the realtors association of jamaica oh, okay. in order to to be and you also there there is a uh we have an, an, an a, what we call the NAR Association, which is an international realtors association that we join to actually gain the realtor status. So that international exposure. Yes, it has international that. exposure as right. well. And we, when we we up, we have a database that we can all upload our listings to, and on that database, it also allows us to. To promote our listings on the realtors.com um, website as well so we get you know a wider coverage uh, uh, maximum exposure for a listing whenever you know we upload our listings on that database right so you taking us a step back you know, mm -hmm. to the, the question the previous question you said mm -hmm. you know they liked how you dealt with you know, customers liked when you dealt with them, even though they didn't get the mortgage, they really liked when you dealt with them, right? Now, how important is personal relation in business? Is it a conflict of interest or is it a gateway for new opportunities? All right, before I get to that, I just realized I didn't didn't delve enough into the licensing part of right. the okay. but let me just get to it so in order to become a licensed what we call real estate salesman the person the individual would need to um, apply to the institute real estate institute training institute to do either the one month um, which is a full-time 
training from nine to five or you can do it part-time in the evening so that's a six-week course at the end of that course you don't automatically get licensed right you have to also get your clearance from the trustee in bankruptcy and you also have to get your police record so it's it and thereafter you pay the requisite fees um that 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 the real estate board requires you to pay in order to become a licensed salesman right. mm -hmm. real estate salesman right. uh -huh. so that's that's basically this the, 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 the right of how you become a real estate agent right. so mm -hmm. let's take a pause on the question i asked you before mm -hmm. delving into more of mm -hmm. like, your transition from you know being a employed realtor to a self-employed realtor you know you, you you you're an entrepreneur mm -hmm. right? you're a very powerful woman in the basis of real estate you know and you know seeing this might give other young ladies the strength and motivation they need to then access you know the, the, this market this industry now tell us about that transition how did it change your perspective your mindset you can give us a little bit of insight with that all right. The moment I decided to to um, to come into this business, I told myself that I wanted to become a dealer. Okay. So um, you can become a dealer like two years after you have served as an agent. And in order for us to to become to to, to really um, to to really sell real estate, you have to. Um, be employed to an, a, a real estate brokerage and so I have worked with about three agencies before three brokerages before and the, the first one that I actually worked with I was the one who had to you know start some of the administrative stuff put really? them in place yes so as, a, as an administrator mm -hmm. from my previous employee I you know it wasn't it was nothing i just needed to know what i what 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 the forms should be i just needed a, a um a sample of what you know i needed to to use and i created them for my my, my then um dealer and so on and i knew from the onset you know that i wanted to become a dealer and i you know tried my best to do everything that was right to become a dealer and at the end of um, my two-year tenure, close to the end of my two-year, I made sure to enlist or to 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 um to apply to the to the real estate um, um, institute at the time. Well, at the time we did it through UTEC, right? right. So right. I made sure to do the course, which is a six-month course. Right. Six months. Yeah. At the time, I didn't even have any money. Right. So how did you? I just told my dealer. I said, listen. I need to do this course. I have some commissions coming up in the pipeline coming up. So please give me a loan and I'll pay <laughs> pay for the course and then you can take it from the commission. So I had this drive within me to know that, you know, I'm not going to just come and settle and be a, a real estate agent. I wanted to become a dealer so that I can can uh, you know command my income at the end of the day. So, tell us about KMC. Mm -hmm. Tell us about why you started it, mm -hmm. right? How you started it, and you know, just a little bit of insight as to what it takes to run a business 
be a realtor, be a real operator, okay? Then, so I started KMC in 2017 and I did it on my I did it on my own so I was working as a um, I was the only person working in, in in my brokerage at that time 2017 to early 2018 mm -hmm. and then um, just before my th that that period ended the former brokerage that I was with they their dealer had left and they asked me if I would come back as a dealer for their brokerage and you know I it was the, the, there was a notion that I could operate both brokerages simultaneously right, but, one, right. but once I am a, a realtor or I am um, I, I am I want to associate with the realtors association then that could not happen so you know I had to put my brokerage um, on hold for the time being so I was operating under that brokerage right. as the dealer so I had um, agents that I had to guide to in you know in my brokerage and I also had to work to pay myself so you know it was a dual function so I'm leading a team it was leading a team of, of um, you know up to nine persons at one point and at, you know and, and at the same time as I said to you I had to work to pay myself you know because you, know, you really get a stipend but you know of course that alone cannot yeah. cannot really <laughs> can't work so you know you have to work to pay yourself so you know that that was how that went so you wanted to be in control of your own right. right so since um um Ju um latter part of june right. this year you know i you know encountered some challenges and you know out of some cha out of challenges sometimes you have to make a decision and of course the decision now was that you know i needed to go back to my brokerage and my brokerage was already um all i needed to do was just to um renew my 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 um renew my my registration and and get licensed under the real estate board as my brokerage and that was how you know i i got started and so on so mm -hmm. through your prolific career, the continuing mm -hmm. to be a prolific career, right. um, there must have been an instance where you know interact with a client or mm -hmm. maybe a group of clients and that situation or that agreement or that negotiation that resulted you know almost an abundance or not really abundance in but open that door mm -hmm. to new possibilities in mm -hmm. your career or mm -hmm. in real estate that you know you're probably previously never thought was possible can you give us that moment well what i would say where that is concerned is that um as i told you before that as a Coming from my background, being being in the financial sector with, at VMBS, uh, VMBS is very big on customer service. So, and they have a training department that is second to none that trains us in all different aspects to make to to so help us to be help us to be the best that we can be. And so, um, 
you know, having that background or that experience at Victoria Mutual, I took it into, brought that same, or some of that same culture along with me in the real estate industry, where, you know, I, I go over and beyond my call of duty to ensure that my clients are satisfied at the end of the day. And what has resulted from that are referrals, because there are times when I don't necessarily call anyone. They call me and tell me that, you know, I can go to X person or Y person to get a property to rent, to sell. And so that, that has opened doors for me, uh -huh. you know, the referral aspect of the business. Right, right. So let's get something practical here. Mm -hmm. Many in Jamaica because as I have encountered a lot of um, uninformed buyers as I would like to put it and I, I have to take the time out to educate them so it's not about yes I posted a property and the property looks nice and you want to buy a property it's all about being pre-qualified to ensure that at the end of the day once you have come to look at that property that you're in a position to finance that property and so i would have to guide them to say hey have you done your pre-approval as yet do you have your 10 position 10 percent deposit in place can you can you um finance your closing costs so those are very real issues and questions that I have to ask my clients and help them and guide them along. Um, there are those who will have the pre-approval letter from, for example, NHT, right? So, of course, you know the maximum that NHT will give each person of 6.5 million. So they have that 6.5. Yes. Um, once they are eligible for that uh, for that amount. So you have some who may not necessarily get the full 6.5 dependent on their income and so on and, and right and so on. So right, so someone will come to me and say I have 6.5 million based on my eligibility status and I'll say to them um, do you have the 10% to make that down payment on, on, on the property because that's a requirement. And um, these days, they're a little more flexible. They'll take even 5% dependent on the, who the vendor is. So a vendor may be a little more flexible. And I'll ask, so do you know how your legal fees will be paid? Or do you know how you, you know, the other documents, the other players in the market, you need to get a valuation done. You need to get a surveyor's report done. I'll send them a, an estimate of all of those things. To, to guide them along the way. And some of the times when I send them that, then they realize they are not at the place. No, not. They are not at that place as yet. And they'll open up to me and say, thank you for guiding me. Thank you. I realize now that I'm not quite there. I don't have the 10% deposit. There's another scenario as well, wherein um, at NHT, um, wherein, for example, somebody wants to, um, to just pay 5%, but because they... The, the vendor is sticking out for 10%. Mm -hmm. 
NHT also allows for the, 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 the buyer to you know, find that, for example, if they, they, they could get a loan for the additional 5%, say they only had 5% and they got a loan from someone and they wanted to, to repay that person at 5%. So they can always, um, or they want to use to pay um, their their closing costs. So they can pay that 10% deposit down, um, submit the receipt that they have paid the 10%, and upon um, their application for the mortgage from NHT, NHT will refinance that that 5% from from that. Um, that ten percent deposit will be will be repaid to them okay, okay. In, 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 in the disbursement of the mortgage. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot you know a lot of information was said a while ago. Mm -hmm. um, but let's take this in steps mm -hmm. as regards to obtaining a property. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. From the start to the finish. To the finish. Okay. Can you give us just the steps? One, two, three, four. How to obtain a property, how to buy a property, you know, traditional route. You know, people love to know how that can be done. Because, as you said, people are knowledgeable Right. So, as I mentioned before, um, so it's all about ensuring that you are at the place to, or, or you have the financing. So, you may be somebody who has it already has a cash. So you need to prove whenever you um, you approach a realtor. So I may have posted a, a property, and you're interested in my in that property in buying that property. You need to prove to me that you have the financing in place to buy this property. Be it cash in hand in the bank. You need to send me a statement along with the um, other documents that are required from your personal documents. So. Um, and if it's a mortgage, you need to send me your pre-approval letter right. from any of the financial institutions that you, you, you decide to, to use. And having done that, um, I would, you, having satisfied all the required documents that I request from you, right. and you submit your offer and everything, I would send that offer to the, to the vendor who would in turn, you know, look at your offer along with you know, however many, however many other offers <laughs> that may be given. And of course, you want to ensure that at the end of the day, your offer is an offer that the, the vendor will not refuse. Because if you saw a property that you're really interested in, you don't want to offer any flimsy, you know, you saw, offer, you right. saw a property for 10 million right. and you are going to offer 8.5. That won't cut it. No, so I have to guide you to say hey if you are really seriously interested in this property you're either going to make the full offer or at, at times you may even be you may even have to offer a little more, more so in order to give yourself that edge in order to to make sure that at the end of the day you you get that property right and once the owner signs off on that offer and for example if you are selected or you are that successful um purchaser i would now um submit your 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 um a letter to the to the vendor's attorney to say that hey the ex the, the, the the vendor has selected this person to buy the property and um you know they are to prepare the sale agreement and 
the, 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 the purchaser would have submitted their attorney. Some purchasers opt not to use an attorney. I usually guide them to, to use an attorney because you know you need to secure yourself in the transaction, especially if you're a first time buyer, you have no clue what you're doing. You need to 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 um to to, to safeguard yourself in such a very important transaction, right? So that at the end of the day, you know, you 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 will know what you're getting and at the end of the day, you know, your interests will be protected. So that is what we, we, we um encourage every buyer to do that you make sure that you have that legal fee in place so that you know you can enlist or you can employ your attorney to represent you in that transaction so having done that then and the sale agreement is prepared we the the, the um the vendor's attorney would now submit that draft to the to the purchaser's attorney who would review that along with the client and you know whatever um, there are times when there are conditions in that sale agreement that may not be agreeable and so the, the, the attorney is, is responsibility of that, the, the, the buyer's attorney to guide the, 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 the buyer you know, in terms of whatever clause or in that agreement that may not be in their best interest you know, so that um, you know they can either have it removed or have it amended, whatever the case may be, or negotiate. Because there are times too when, um, you know, having reached a stage where you have done your valuation too, we have found sometimes um, based on the, 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 the offer that the client may have made or and so on, the valuation that is done may not be in sync with the, with, the, with the price, meaning that the value comes out less than what the, the, the price that you, you have proposed, proposed or you have offered. And hence, you may not have that financial backing to say, put in the shortfall. And there are times when renegotiation has to be done at that point as well. So those are some of the things that happens in the background or in the back end of a transaction, you know, after an offer is, and, and there are times, you know, as a realtor, um, <laughs> these cause quite a bit of delays in terms of how we are paid, you know, because the, these, <laughs> these, these negotiations are additional negotiations after you, after you thought that you have done your job, your preliminary job, and you have left it in the hands of the, you still have to do your follow-up right. in order to ensure that at the end of the day, you get your paycheck yes. <laughs> because yes. deals can go sour in the middle of when you think that so all is the, well. How long does the generic deal take? Like how long does it take time for you? These days we are finding that they are taking all up to four months. What? Um, minimum. Minimum four months. Yes. And they can go even longer because if, if there are um, things like caveat that were not detected and stuff like that, any, any hindrance that may have come up, we, you may have a, um, um, what we call boundaries, there, there, there may be, um, oh gosh, what's the term again? I'm not remembering right now, but you, there may be some other hindrance that will affect the transaction that has to be sorted out. And so if those are not 
sorted out and amicably and that transaction um, can flow smoothly then you find that you know you may end up having done quite a bit of work and yourself and the attorney and all the well well not everybody because the the value value would have been paid the surveyor would have already been paid up front but most of the time we are the ones at the back end like the attorney the the, the vendor's attorney and the and the and the um and the realtor are the ones who may may not end up getting paid because the transaction falls through uh, so those are some of the situations so once the transaction flows smoothly and you know goes through the mortgage process or if it's a cash purchase you know we're in well for the mortgage process once once the the commitment letter is is um done and eventually the um the the um letter of undertaken is given and so on then you can look forward to being paid right, right. and After so on all mm -hmm. of that, so right huh? we usually we are last to be paid we are last to be paid so <laughs> so you have to have quite a bit of deals going, going simultaneously so that as one close you can so that you can get get be paid monthly right, right. you can end up with cash flow can, problems can somebody pay for a property cash full full on cash is that something that is allowed here in jamaica or is it that you have to take a mortgage and pay no 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 remember i said you can do cash purchases right. you know full, full yes you purchases. can pay yes you can pay cash but mm -hmm. it's still a process right. because you know the the, the, the um the transfer has to be done so the same legal processing has to be done this can take between 30 to 60 days it should really take that long but at times i'm finding that some of my cash purchases are taking even three months, three months. or even more you know dependent on probably some other challenges you know might or some other hindrances might be there wherein um you know as i said a caveat may have been there that was not detected or initially and that has to be, be be cleared and all of that so you know many many little hindrances that as realtors we have to safeguard against so i have had to tell my agents from time to time that whenever they are taking listings that you know it's it's um wise for us to even go to the the, the, the nla and and get a copy of the, the title from 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 them directly instead of taking that one from the client and um you know so that we can know up front whether or not there is anything registered against that property you know we don't want that the hindrance and for 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 sellers who have list who list their property there are times when they may have done an addition and they may not have done a surveyor's report and it's in the middle of the transaction that we realize that you know there's there are boundary issues you know that 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 note exists and as a result you know that has to be sorted out before the sale can be completed so yes definitely um a cash purchase can be done full-on cash but you know of course it depends on the state you now or or or, or the whether or not that that title is free and clear and ready to to be transferred to the new owner of course now as you said earlier 
second question that I asked you is that very competitive. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, to be a realtor, especially mm-hmm. in Jamaica, the properties here are beautiful, the mm-hmm. land is beautiful, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, certain leads, certain clients, mm-hmm. you know, not every realtor will be able to get them. Not right. every realtor will be able to, to nail down, you know, large commissions for every deal they make. Now, how, if I am entering the real estate market, if I am assumed to be a realtor, real estate agent, what can I do differently from the average to then, you know, get some of these high-profile clients or even knock down more clients than the average realtor? What can I do to, 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 to really excel that? Uh, that's a tricky question. Tricky and difficult, but nonetheless, I think I can, I have some ideas that I can, you know, at really? least give you. Right. Uh, well, so networking can help quite a great deal. Right. So who you associate with and um, also joining certain service clubs can also help you to, to meet those clients. And of course, your circle of influence, your general circle of influence, you know, your family contacts, right. you know, you make sure that you, you really tell everybody publicly that you know you're in the business yes. of real estate the moment you come in right. is a loudspeaker you put on you put it on <laughs> right. your social media right. everything right. you know and you promote yourself you give out business card everywhere you go and so on you you can do your flyering in your neighborhood right. and so on you know there are many things you can do to market yourself so it's really about reach then it's really about reach yes yes right. yes right. yes some 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 um, clients, of course, you have to be within that circle to reach them. But nonetheless, there are some who don't necessarily discriminate. You know, right. once you know the, you are an upstanding um, realtor in the business, right. they they don't mind. They will associate so they with you. Like, they have prejudice against amateur realtors. They have, you know. Yes, public. yes. There may be some prejudices in that. You know, they want to ensure that, you know, their transaction is handled by someone who, <laughs> who is um, seasoned in the business. Right. So dependent on the type, you know, if you have a family friend who has an, a high-end high end property and they know you, you know, as a very responsible person and they, they entrust you, the company that you're with, and they entrust they, they can entrust you with you their do? their deal right. right so you know sometimes it's as i said it's a it's a tricky thing so you know as caribbean people we like to go along with who we know right and so that plays a very big important b- important role in the whole process as well right, right. Mm-hmm. so you stated before about the surveyors attorneys how mm. important, even the banks, how important the is value. the value? How important is the value of a relationship between these components of, you know, let's say the real, the real estate process? You know? Yes. So, all of those are very important, and especially the financial institution and the attorneys. Um, I have I found that in 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 my encounter in this business that some of our attorneys are not the best customer friendly 
persons and 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 and, and so on, even in their relationship with with, with their colleagues. Right. So, you know, at times as the realtor I have to be be the mediator, be that middleman to kind of bridge the gap to 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 ensure that you know, um, for example, if I'm doing what we call a co-broke transaction with another brokerage, right. there are times as the realtor, I have to be that middleman in the transaction to ensure that my colleague is informed right. with, 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 with the information, with the updates of the transaction that we are both involved in. Because there are times when the other, um, the other, the other attorney, or, or for example, the the the, the, the the vendor's attorney who, you're, who is handling the transaction right. is not communicative enough or, or, or not customer friendly enough to relay, even when they reach out to them, to relay updates on the transaction. So, as I said, I have to be there as that middleman at, 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 at times. You're very good at multitasking. It's like, it's like an acquired <laughs> skill that you have. You know, not many people have that skill, but you know, I, I, really, I, really, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. No. Mm -hmm. You know, in wrapping up, you know, it has been very informative. Once again, interview with Mrs. Karen Cole. But, Karen, how can we get in contact with KMC? How can we reach out to you and say, Karen, I want to buy this property, or I want some guidance, I need this, I need that. Now, how can we get in contact with her personally, business, anyway? Right. So, my cell number is. 876-364-0198 and that's my digital number my flow number is 876-331-9498 and um i can be reached my email address is kmc real estate at outlook.com right and what do you what is your business specializing the, the rental sales slash Rent, rentals slash leases and sales. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. So if anybody needs help with rentals, leases, and sales, you can contact KMC. We'll, you will be leaving the link to the email address and the cell number in the description of this podcast. But wrapping up, you know, Karen, we have this um, trend we have going around um, called the Hustlers Anthem, right? So what it is, in essence, is is the best hedge against inflation and so of course anyone who wants to invest in any form of in 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 in, in real estate is the single most important investment you'll ever make in your life and so you know once you need guidance in this area right you can always call on me and I will make myself available to guide you in this process. Right, right. So, again, everybody, she is literally giving you a path for guidance, for access, to understand that. Again, use the resources that we have been giving you throughout all these episodes for personal 
progression or financial progression, please. And again, thank you for watching, thank you for listening, and Karen, thank you for giving us your time today, and you enjoy the rest of your career, your family, your friends, and thank you again, all right? And thank you for having me. All right, take care. <laughs>